welcome you back to another edition of Inside Boxing Live. Every week is the Super Bowl for us. Not just one Sunday, every single week in this glorious sport that we love. I am Dan Kenobi. I'm joined every week by former 140-pound champion, Chris Algieri, my Super Bowl champion. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It's, uh, yeah, it's Super Bowl Sunday, but like you said, I mean, boxing never sleeps and we have Super Bowls all the time, so let's rock and roll. Well, this will be coming out Super Bowl Monday, so either the Chiefs won, either the 49ers won, Taylor Swift may have broken up with Travis Kelsey, uh, who knows, could be a tie, could we see another boob, uh, Janet Jackson, 20 years ago on this day, boob came out, where were you when that happened? I remember where I was. What year was that? 2003, or four, I was at my Aunt Fran's house, and I was like, did I just see Janet Jackson's boob? That was my freshman year of college. Studying? I don't know what I was studying. Doing. Boobs yourself? No, not even not not back then. I was, I was probably studying. Mm. Yeah, Sunnybrook so... is no joke. I, <laughs> I I actually actually did well. Not like you. I actually no, I did to... well for a little bit, and then I I I went off the edge, and and, and that was the end of me. Um, well, I did get my degree, uh, and I'm here as a podcast host. So where where did it get me? Mm-hmm. Um, this episode is brought to you by Factor. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals or make better eating easy every day. Whether tomorrow takes you, be ready for pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian-approved meals are delivered right to your door. You have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan, veggie, and more. Uh, and then there's more to enjoy with 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today. Have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. We have a bunch of them in our office at John Boy Media. Someone put in the Slack, guys, factor meals in the fridge. Don't have to buy lunch today. So I go over to the fridge. I pick out some turkey chili, put it into the microwave at work. And I was like, wow, this is what life could be like if I was a factor person and I had a factor membership. Makes life so much easier when you're on the go. We're on the go. Chris is doing a million different things media-wise. I'm running to the John Boy office 10 to 5. They want me in there. I don't want to make lunch. So I just pop that in the microwave. And then we're off. So head to factormeals.com slash boxing50. Use code boxing50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots. Wellness shots. Per box while subscription is active. That's code boxing50 at factormeals.com slash boxing50. 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while your subscription is active. Wellness shot. Chris, you've had it. I like that. It must be like just a quick little pop. Yep. Little shot. Vitamins. Factor is uh, CA approved as well. I uh, I enjoyed our little sampling of them, so I'm yeah. a fan. They're good, and they're easy, and that's what makes it, it fun. And it's also like good for you, so it's like good proportions and all that. Uh, where do you want to start, Chris? I'll, I'll leave the floor open to you. I usually come prepared with the topics. We have two topics to talk about. It's Ryan Garcia fighting Devin Haney, and it is Teofimo Lopez and whatever that was in that main event on Thursday night in Las Vegas. You choose, Chris. Flip a coin, just like they're doing the Super Bowl. I'd say let's go uh, Haney Ryan because it's oh, okay. it's fresher. Okay, yeah, 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 fresher. They're they 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 already met up in Vegas. Did you catch that, Chris? What did you I make did, of that? I did. I did. It was it was a soap opera. I'm pretty sure it was directed by uh, a Lifetime Network or something like that. It was fake as hell. So, you think and, so? Oh, oh, definitely. <laughs> I, I it could be it could have been real, and then just that Ryan Garcia is probably one of the worst trash talkers in the world. Uh, but I would not be surprised. If yeah, but Haney's not very good either. So. It was a, it was a bunch of bad trash talk. 
it went on for so much longer than I thought it was. It was like a minute ten of them, and then at the end they started they started smacking each other. If they were to script this out a little better, they got WWE involved. They would have went for 20, 20, 30 seconds of trash talk, then start the slapping and the pushing, make this like a tidy thirty five to forty second clip. Yeah, well, like I said, neither one of these guys are really good at that. Um, so that's why we got what we got, which was a mishmash of uh, really bad insults. Uh, Bill Haney got statements, involved. You know, but if you saw Bill, he was sitting there like. Well, then he got involved. There's, there's yeah, a point. Yeah, he had to. He's like, this, he's like, this is not going well. Neither one yeah. of these guys are doing a good job. Apparently, Floyd showed Ryan on their jog and their time together video of Tank smacking around Devin Haney in a sparring session. So when Ryan Garcia brought that up is when it struck a chord with Team Haney. That's when Bill got involved. Ryan was saying, your dad's a pimp and he's pimping out you. Which I thought was a decent, decent line. And then it got into so it was just barking, shoving. Anyway, April 20th. That's a, that's a little inside boxing, though. Like people, I don't know if people really know that whole story. So it, that, that, that was, yeah, like you said, it was a good hit for people who know, but you don't. Mm. Well, it, it started off, it was shared everywhere. Uh, even if the reaction was poor, uh, you know, the reaction was about 90%. This was contrived, but it was it shared everywhere. What? Yeah, it did its job. It did exactly. Job. Friday night of, of a quiet uh, Super Bowl week. Did its job. And I can't even believe we're getting this fight. Devin Haney versus Ryan Garcia. As boxing fans were programmed to believe a fight like this simply can't happen because it just doesn't make sense for Ryan Garcia's career. You never thought that Devin Haney would take on uh, this type of fight where he's at. Uh, he doesn't have to take it on, but he certainly will. It, it's it's a fun fight. It's not necessarily one boxing fans had to see, but I still think it's going to be big. I still think it could p- potentially be the biggest fight this year in the U.S. if Canelo and Benavides don't fight. All in all, like it. April 20th. Why not? Chris, you're shaking your head yes, or maybe is that like a deke? You're going to tell me no. No, I'm, I'm going to say like this was always the plan and I'm not surprised by this at all. Okay. Uh, it makes them it always made the most sense for Haney this fight. You've got Ryan Garcia, who is a superstar, whether mm-hmm. he deserves it or not, um, in terms of in terms of his boxing ability and what he's done in the ring. But you got Haney, who is trying to get to that Floyd status. He's he's budding, right? Like he's really coming coming into his own in terms of his actual ability in the ring. Um, and he. He, he needs those views, man. He needs he needs access to Ryan's following. Mm-hmm. And he's also going to make a ton of money against a guy who's probably not even the top five in the division. So you're going to get to fight a guy who's the least lethal of all of them, who is going to garner a ton of eyes. You're going to get access to his followers, and you're going to get paid. This fight makes perfect sense for Haney. Make like you said, doesn't Haney. Doesn't make any it sense. Doesn't Ryan make a Garcia. ton of sense for Ryan. Um, because Ryan is becoming that guy. He's the dance partner. He's never been a world champion. He's not a world champion. And it's gonna be very difficult to become a world champion well, in the This is his first shot right at now. a world championship. Correct. And um I it's a very hard ask for him in order to beat a guy like Devin Haney. I think they're all wrong for I think it's all wrong for Ryan in terms yeah. of matchup. Yeah, it's interesting um, because, uh, you know, Haney, like, he, I agree with you. He needs that rub. He needs the Ryan Garcia rub. Uh-huh. Uh, it's clear, $40 million. Well, it's, Ryan it's, it's, the Floyd, it's the Floyd Floyd formula. He's not as likable as some of the other fighters, some of the other champions. So he's not as likable as, like, a guy like Ryan. But you, you whip Ryan's ass. You whip all the likable guys' ass. Floyd did this to Gotti. Everyone loved Gotti. Nobody really loved Floyd at that point. He whooped Gotti's ass and then was was escalated, uh, elevated, and then he got the De La Hoya fight. Another guy everyone loves, and he he beats him. So it, it, that that's what shot 
Floyd to superstar status. Mm -hmm. They're just taking the same formula. They're trying to utilize uh, the star power of, of, of Ryan to, to jump the line. And it's a very smart move. Yeah, I feel like Devin Haney is is liked. He's not like he's respected. I feel like by some, there's some that we don't like believe him. He's he a, we, the, we're, we're, the inside boxing live is a fan of yes. a fan of Ryan. We are, I'm we, a fan of like both Ryan. these guys. I like Devin Haney, right. and, and we can go back a little bit to Haney. I I believe you, or I agree with you. I should say that you know Haney uh, needs this fight for his popularity. It's a no brainer for him. But it really comes down to how he wins. If he, you know, unanimous decisions him, you know, eleven rounds to one, ten rounds to two. You know, that's not the same as Tank stopping him to the body, Ryan, and, and Brian basically just giving up. Like, unless it's just like for 12 rounds, he is dancing around uh, Ryan Garcia and he's making him look foolish in there. I, I Part of me does feel like he, he needs a, a knockout and uh, he can get it because uh, he looked pretty damn good against Progre and his angles and his his precision is so damn good where he could catch Ryan and Ryan doesn't have the best defense, also doesn't have the best chin. So I agree with you there that this is a no-brainer for Devin and it's going to really come down to how he wins for him to really get that superstar push because I always use this test and it's not the best test in the world, but it I feel like it, it, it matters. The people in my office are not boxing fans. You know this, Chris. The John Boy office is not. But they knew about this fight. They know Devin Haney. They know Ryan Garcia. Wow. Oh, Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia are going to fight each other? That's pretty cool, Dan. And I'm like, yep, it is. So this could elevate uh, Devin Haney. For Ryan Garcia, I mean, come on, man. This is in the last year, one year, he will now fought uh, Javante Davis and Devin Haney. You can say what you want about this guy. You can call him cringe. You can say this, that, and the other. He's not dedicated. No one is taking on risks like that. He understands that his value is right now. He understands that he's hot right now. He's a guy that we've questioned his longevity in the sport. So I would not be shocked if after this, you'd never see him again if he loses. He could make another 20, 25 million here. Uh, so I understand why Ryan's uh, taking this fight and really pushing for it. You have to commend him as much as you don't like him. You have to commend him because it's just as fans, boxing fans, you're just not programmed to think that that Ryan Garcia in the course of one year will fight Tank and Haney. Yeah, I mean, th those are the guys that, you know, people, we want everyone to fight. Uh, but Ryan's taking that risk. And, and listen, he's got balls in that sense. Obviously, you know, he quit during the the Javante Davis fight. So people are going to be like, why are you saying he has balls? But at least he takes the fights because a lot of these guys won't. Um, and a lot of the top guys are are unwilling to. But Ryan's not one of those guys. He's looking to maximize what what he has in front of him and the time that he has. Um, there's definitely different routes he could have went, but especially being in, in the driver's seat the way that he is. But listen, he's going for this fight. And listen, from a, from a, a commercial standpoint, from the build to this fight... We are going to see nonstop photos of them standing next to each other in the amateurs, three and three. They game are three seven. and three. They are even. This I, is this is fight seven. This is game seven. What? They're gonna be there's gonna be videos of them sparring when they were kids. There's gonna be videos of them fighting. Yeah. Like oh, the buildup is gonna be huge. This, I mean, this is this is good for the sport. Like you mentioned, the John Boy office is excited about this. Like, yeah, absolutely. But mm -hmm. then that also speaks to volumes to Haney. If he gets the win, now all those people are gonna be aware of Haney especially if he goes out there and puts on a Floyd versus Gotti type performance. Like you said, I think the performance matters. I think how how he wins the fight, if he's to win the fight, matters. He dispatches Ryan, and especially if he does it better, easier, and cleaner than uh, Javante Davis did. That's a huge statement. Yeah. What do you think Ryan's path to victory is in this fight? Because he's not, he's not like Haney is a devastating puncher like Javante, where as fans, we were watching like a guy walking a tightrope. 
Uh, Ryan fought like a guy that was walking a tightrope. It was just a matter of when that bomb was going to get detonated, and it did in the second round, then it did in the seventh round, and then the fight was over. Haney, that's just not his game. He's not a one-punch knockout guy. What's Ryan Garcia's path to victory against Devin Haney? Left hook. You talk about you talk about detonating. Ryan Ryan's left hook is for real. The guy could punch. He's a very dangerous guy, um, and he's quick and he's explosive. So that that's going to be the, the you know his path to victory. And listen, Haney's chin's not that great either. He got rocked against Linares, who's a much smaller man, and Ryan's a big dude. So like they're fighting at one forty. Um, you know, so he's got that power. He's got that speed. He's got that punch. We've seen Haney hurt against smaller guys. So yeah, I, the path to victory is going to be power. But other than that, I, I don't see how he can log enough rounds to win a decision. Um, Haney is very good at, at, at winning moments and, and, and securing rounds. Um, at a, he's got a very high boxing IQ. Doesn't get hit much. He throws punches. He's not a guy who sits on sits, you know, sits with his gun in his pocket. He lets things fly. So, yeah, and there's going to be opportunities for Ryan there to punch in between those shots, land those big punches. Um, you know, I, I think that obviously the power advantage would go to Ryan in this fight, but he's got to land, and that's really tough with Haney. The way his style, um, the length, the speed, the, jab. Uh, the, the discipline, the jab, uh, his distance control is one of the best distance control guys in the game today. Uh, so And Ryan, his lack of jab is going to be really difficult. I mean, if you, listen, you, you, you don't see Ryan jab in other fights. You're not going to see him jab at all in this fight. He's going to get out jabbed by Haney. Mm. Um, it's going to come down to power. Power. The power of Ryan Garcia. That's what makes it interesting. That's what makes it fun. Um, Ryan can land that. I, I don't think it's going to be a wash. I heavily think that Devin Haney is going to win. I think there will be some competitive moments for Ryan Garcia in this fight. I just... You know, he's just he is just jumping the line in terms of his development. He he's passing over certain tests that you have to take, quizzes that you have to take before you get to the final. Uh, and that's just because yeah, of his Duarte popularity. Duarte doesn't prepare you for Devin Haney. Right, and and he and yeah, exactly. He's just taking, he's hopping to the front of the line because he can, and it's smart from a business sense. And he actually believes he can win. He's that you know kind of crazy. All fighters are, are, are delusional. But just to go back to the marketing of this fight. You know, in in sports, they say the best two words in sports are game seven. You never have that in boxing because that's just they're not fighting seven times. This isn't Rocky. Um, but we have this three versus three. There's three three apiece in the amateurs. They're going to really play that up. Game seven. I can see that right now, you know, as the we lead up to this fight with the graphics on Twitter and, and Instagram and stuff. Game seven, game seven, you know, the final matchup. That's cool. That, that's awesome. Like that's some history and they'll, they'll build on that. And I expect the trash talk to get a little better. That was the good thing with tank is like tank brings like a, like a really good trash talk. Cause you could believe it. You know what I mean? It's like when Mike talked, Mike Tyson spoke in his trash talk. You were like, damn, that guy will say crazy shit. And then he'll go knock you out. Like tank had that. And uh, tank and Ryan, I feel like, Played off each other perfectly. Not that there has to be everything in this fight, but, you know, we just, the first round of trash talk wasn't great, but they're really going to build into that game seven thing. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I, April 20th, uh, Las Vegas, the zone pay-per-view. Uh, Golden Boy involved as well. And to Haney's point, Chris, like 25 years old. His resume is really, really nice. I mean, Linares, he's got Jojo Diaz on there. He's got Lomachenko on there. He's got two fights with Cambosos. Uh, and now he puts uh, his big fight with Ryan Garcia. And he's doing this all at age 25, before age 25. And I was, uh, I think Cambosos was 28 when he took the fight with Haney. Uh, but I brought this up on a past show. It's like 
I want to see Haney in there with like a guy his age. I want to see Haney in there with a guy around, you know, under 30. I know Cambosos was 28, but for the most part, he's fighting these guys that are o- over 30. And we're going to see that uh, with Haney. He's going to be in there with a guy that, that that is has youth on his side, maybe not the best <laughs> footwork and the best skill, uh, but he's fighting someone that he came up with, which is a first for Haney. Yeah, the thing about Ryan is I think he does have the skill. He just hasn't been cultivating it the way that guy like Devin Haney has. Like they, mm-hmm. They've gone very different trajectories since they fought in the amateurs. And I, I, we forget that about Ryan, that he has that deep amateur background. He's fought at a high level with a lot of really good fighters. And um, he kind of got away from that. Obviously, we, he became almost known as like a YouTube boxer, but he's not. He he actually he is a real a real fighter, national level amateur. Um, he's got a great record as a pro. He's got some good wins in there. Um you know, he just hasn't been that busy lately. I've always said if he can really dedicate himself and change around the way that he's going about his his preparation for fights, he's still a dangerous guy. When you have talent the way that he has, listen, speed and power are hard to come by. You got they're God given, and he mm-hmm. has that. Um, if he can get the discipline to put the, the the proper camp together and and get through that healthy and and calm on fight night with the right mindset, yeah, he's, he's still a dangerous guy. Do you think though? Uh, like that's the big caveat. With this yeah, guy. I do. I really do. I really do because of the talent that he has. The problem is up here. Yeah, I think physicality. He's got he's got all the tools. Um, for him, it's just locking in and being disciplined. And to me, that's why this fight's a mismatch, because it's it's if you're if you're if you're matching discipline versus discipline, you're taking the least disciplined guy against the most disciplined guy. Definitely. You're taking the guy with, with with all the physical gifts, all the physical talent, with no discipline, and you're, and you're going against a guy who is has superb discipline. And honestly, I think talent wise, physical gifts, Haney's the least least gifted of the bunch in terms of Haney, in terms um, ter- in terms of uh, Davis, in terms of Tio, mm-hmm. in terms of Ryan, Shakur. in terms of Matias. He is the least physically gifted of the group, but he is the most disciplined, and he is the most consistent, and that's why he's where he's at, and that's why he's the top of the division right now. So in terms of the matchup stylistically i think it's a really bad matchup for ryan yeah not only that like haney will will take on coaches like he'll take on different coaches he'll take on uh it's not just bill haney he'll bring in mike mccallum to work on body work and and mm-hmm. he'll he, he puts in the work body uh, he's really oh body stature um he puts in the work and he he's willing to learn and that goes along with his discipline i think i agree he's the most disciplined he's only 25 but he's been putting on the work putting in the work for the past 13 years like yeah I, since he was I a teenager I met, when he was, I met Haney when he was 11 years old in Vegas like and he was hanging out in gyms he was a gym rat back then yeah it's awesome uh it's a good one I'm excited for it uh it will still be a fun lead up and it will still be an interesting fight night and uh, Ryan Garcia could finally win a world title uh reverse some of the naysayers out there and Haney could try to look better than Tank and then if Haney wins then it's one less name for him to get tank in there. So got a lot of storylines and you know, we're going to be covering the hell out of it. All right. Thursday night in Las Vegas. Wow. Where do we start here? Tiafimo Lopez picks up a unanimous decision win over Jermaine Ortiz. Steve Weisfeld had it 117, 111. No. 115, 113 is what I had it for Tiafimo. Uh, I thought it was even in the 10th round heading into the final two rounds. I think Jermaine Ortiz took his foot off the gas pedal. His foot was never really on the gas pedal to begin with, but he really took it off in the 11th and 12th round. Uh, Tifimo was moving forward. Just a mess of a fight. They landed six punches per round, Chris. It was just ugly. I think Thursday night top-ranked cards are cursed because Shakur versus Steve Santos was not a good one, and this one wasn't a good one. Let's unpack it. What the heck happened to our guy, Tifimo? Man, how did you score it? I had a 15-113 for, for Lopez. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that Ortiz had a great game plan. He came out 
really, really smart. Um, lateral movement, firing, whenever they came close, like the stuff he was doing early on, the first six rounds was beautiful. Mm -hmm. He just didn't sustain, didn't keep it up. Um, you can't win rounds if you don't throw punches. And he just was not throwing punches. The power differential was definitely there. Anyone who doesn't see that is, I don't know what they're watching. They're, they don't like Teal because Teal was a much, yeah, power, the, it was, much harder puncher. Right, you could right, right. you could just see the way they were landing. The punches were very, very different. And he was moving uh, forward to its referee, like judges. Well, with, well Weisfeld, Weisfeld is. He really a, likes that. He really likes that. He actually, he, he, I think he was working for HBO at the time and he scored the Pravonica fight like super wide for Pravonica. He just came forward the whole time. Right. But the difference in that fight is I threw punches and Ortiz just did not throw punches down the stretch. I threw more punches down in the second half of the fight than the first half. And that's what you have to do to win these fights, especially yep. when they're close. And to me, I think Ortiz just dropped the ball. He, he fought did. a great fight, he had a great game plan. Um, I don't know if it was a gas tank. I don't know if it was Tio's power. I don't know if it was that, um, uh, that, that, <laughs> Tio, Tio says something very poignant early on. He goes, this guy doesn't know how to be a champion. This guy doesn't know how to win those 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 fights, those moments. He doesn't know how to take that extra step. And it kind of looked like that to me. It looked like Ortiz has, has settled into that position where I'm going to do just enough to lose. So I, I would have, it would have been great if he went out there and, 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 and crossed over that hump. And threw punches and pushed Tio back and and won that last round because I, I I had the same as you I had, I had even going into the tenth round um, I just didn't think he did enough in eleven or twelve to secure the victory um, I could see a draw just because of the way boxing is scored uh, but for me man you, you got to throw punches to win rounds got to throw just, man not enough punches thrown that that was the thing like the, there was a discussion that broke out afterwards the next couple of days is just running 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 Ortiz was I don't running. think he ran. I, I know that's the term that f fans use, like robbery, running. It's just like this Man. blanket term. Uh, it's not running. Like, and they bring up Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather Floyd did not move. Around. That's Wait. so. Cool. When people say that, I'm like, I'm like, all right, your 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 yes. your argument is, is you're weird. done. You're disqualified because to move around and throw punches, pick spots to plant your feet, throw up your back foot is important. That's what you did against Provodnikov. That's what Floyd did his entire career. That's not what Ortiz did late. That's not running. Like you can move around and not throw punches. And that's the, that's the difference. You have to pick and choose those spots when you're going to throw and land. Like people bring up Sugar Ray Leonard and his fight with Hagler, right? Oh, he ran. He, he landed a 305 punches. Like that's ridiculous. That's a lot of punches. That's a that, lot of punches. 300 club is absurd. There's like not many in the 300 club. And he was looked at as a guy that in that fight was moving around and running too much. There's a lot of nuances in the sport and the styles of of fights that uh fans don't pick up on and i don't really expect them to they just see the visual of tiafimo with his hands up uh frustrated and ortiz moving around in, in there and and picking and choosing his spots but he did the same thing against lomachenko like it was it was close in that fight towards the end and he kind of let his foot off the gas pedal and i said afterwards it's kind of harsh but it's true he's gonna have to live with the fact that uh he did not go to win that fight in 11th and 12th round when he could have easily not easily but he could have taken that fight and become a world champion and change his life, but he just didn't, for some reason, put his his foot uh, on the gas pedal and, and and get the win. So we both agree that it was Tiafimo that won the fight, um, barely. I want to go to Tiafimo because, I mean, this guy, once again, we, we talked about heading into the fight, the inconsistencies, the questions, um, and a lot of that had to do with what's mental upstairs and what also the styles of opponents that he's fighting. Now, Breadman Edwards uh, on Twitter and a great uh, trainer said, had a good point. He said, uh, Tiafimo has fought four southpaws uh, of, of late, and that's not an easy thing to do, and it's not an easy thing to look good against them. Lomachenko, Martin, Taylor, 
in Ortiz. Now, Sandor Martin had the most similar movement to Ortiz in terms of he's really a mover in there. And I got to also remember, Chris, that Sandor Martin was a late replacement. So Tifimo fought that guy on like 10 days or two weeks notice. Tricky southpaw did not look good. Now, he doesn't look good against Ortiz, another southpaw that moved. And that's one thing you can say, all right, let's give Tifimo the benefit of the doubt here. But here was my question to you. When you're a world champion, you're top 10 pound for pound. You're the, uh, you know, one of the top superstars in the sport. And you know you're fighting a southpaw that was probably going to move in there. At what point do you have to go into this fight and make the adjustments? At what point do you have to be able to figure out a southpaw that can move? Especially when you're Chief Emo Lopez and you're looking for the biggest fights. I'm telling you, this had nothing to do with the southpaw because Ortiz is not a southpaw. He just chose to fight southpaw and he did it very, very well. And he does it well. And he can switch and he's shown that in the past. And in terms of the moving, I didn't expect them to move that much. I expected more of a fight. I thought this was going to be a really good fight. They were going to match wits. They're going to be um, a lot of boxing IQ because Ortiz is a very good fighter and he can fight in the pocket. He normally throws a lot of combinations. He normally throws combinations. He usually comes forward. He'll take shots. He was not willing to take shots in this fight. He was willing. He was only, he, he, he went out there to stick to his game plan. But listen, guys, 12 rounds is a long time. You've got to be able to adjust and make and make it, it's multi, it's almost like fighting multiple fights in one night. You can't just do the same thing you did in the first six rounds or the last six rounds for the last six rounds, which is what Ortiz did. And that's why I had him losing the fight. And that's why he actually lost the fight. But in terms of uh, the what was lacking from Lopez, it's cutting off the damn ring. If you're as good as you are and you have fought as many good fighters as you have and beat them and you don't know how to cut a ring off at this point, he fought the exact same fight before Sandor Martin. Sandor Martin yep. scored a knockdown. Yeah. Almost twice. One was scored, almost got another one. Uh, he looked, that was a really poor showing from, from Ortiz, uh, from, from Lopez. And like you said, short notice, southpaw, tricky style, and a guy who's much better than people give credit for. Ortiz is not. Ortiz is good. And we knew Ortiz was good. And Lopez knew he was good. And he's preparing for this exact guy. Again, he comes out southpaw right away and fought southpaw the entire time. Never seen him do that in a fight. Does switch but stay southpaw the entire time. So that's a little bit of a tricky thing. Moved a lot more than was expected. That's a tricky thing. But regardless, you're the stronger guy. You're walking. He was coming forward the whole time. He wasn't worried about what was coming out, coming back at him for the last six rounds of the fight. He was he was bullish on his aggressive movement going forward, but he did not cut off the ring at all. And there were times where Ortiz was tired. There were times where Ortiz did not want to exchange. There were times where Ortiz did not want to engage. And if Lopez would have just sidestepped with him and kept him in, in those crosshairs, he would have made a really tough time for, for for Ortiz that night, and he didn't. And there was no adjustment in the corner throughout. Yeah. So I think both men dropped the ball, and the ultimate losers were us you know, viewing the fight because it wasn't fun to watch. No, it was a bad watch. Uh, six punches landed per round. Uh, bad, 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 bad. So that's my point. It's like, are we? how much benefit of the doubt can we give to Tiafimo, um when you're at this level, when, you like you said, you, you can't cut off a ring uh, how much does that go to his training? Like his dad is his lead trainer, and that's been a problem for years. But then we see his performance against Josh Taylor, and all of a sudden they're back, and all of a sudden his dad looks like a genius. And now we're back to it's just like one or the other, one or the other. And for a while, we thought it had to do with his mental makeup. And for this fight, I thought he was locked in from everything our Aram said, and everyone at top rank was like, if he acts like if he prepares like this and he carries himself like this, and for this camp then Tifima can beat anyone. Then he goes in the ring, and it's just like down to the basics where he, he can't cut off a, a, a ring, and it was like shocking. It was literally shocking in a sense to see um, this type of performance from him. It's But we're back to asking those questions. Like, I've never seen a guy run so hot and cold 
it's just very, very strange to me. And we're seeing his weaknesses because they keep putting him in there or those last couple of fights have been against either a southpaw like Sander Martin or Ortiz who switches southpaw and, and moves in there, sh- showing him different looks. Credit to him for taking on these these fights, but we're starting to see a lot of his weaknesses. Yeah, and uh, it's funny when you were talking about how Bob Aaron was saying the things that he was saying, always oh, locked in, he's ready to go. That all, that all, that that sparked something in me, and I was like, I don't think that's a good thing because I've worked, I've worked to fight fight weeks. So you mean chaos every week? It's chaos. It but is do, absolute. But chaos. you need that it's manic. I think he does. I think that's, I think that's he so is so toxic. I think he is. I well, he's a toxic guy. I think he's. He's. <laughs> I think he is a character of chaos. I think he wow. he shines when his back is against the wall and he has to fight and. He just looked too comfortable leading up to this fight. And that's where Bob was speaking about, oh, he's locked in. He's matured. I was just like, I don't like that at all. I don't, from what I've seen from him firsthand, I don't like that at all. I, 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 I'd rather him be crying at a fighter meeting and, and flipping out and fighting with his dad. I think he, he performs better when he does that. Can, this every, can more, a human act like that though, every single week? Or does it the, feel like, the you good know? thing is we're talking about boxers. They're not human. <laughs> so Tiafimo is, is, is far from human as, you know, at his best is as far from human as we, as we see. Um, the, the guy is something special. And I think he just, he's just a character of chaos. That, that, that is my term for him. And, uh, that's when he shows what he really is. And he needs to be back against the wall. It's just regardless of what's going on in his life, personal, whatever, whatever got him to this point, I think that that's where he needs to stay. And that's why he's not been, I don't think he, that's why he's also not been that, um, active. You know, he needs to be in a dark place and ready to rock. And I think with this fight, there was just too much attention around him. The Super Bowl week, which you think he was showman, up for. the ring entrance, the showman was thing was not good. Not he came out to move. circus music. He came out to literal clown music. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. That was a miss. I, I think he 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 fights better when he's the un- when the, he's the underdog. And there's a lot of guys that have been like that. A lot of fighters are like are that way. I was I was that to a degree. Um, and it's just it's just a it's a different mindset. And I think when he's locked in, he can beat anybody in the world. But the problem is when he's not, he can lose to almost anybody in the world. And crazy. that's that's it's crazy. He's such an enigma. He is he is the the definition of an enigma when it comes to fighting in the ring. He says he's going to his next fight's going to be in Honduras in two months. You know, top rank, has, whatever that means. Yeah. Top rank is <laughs> shown to not really leave the U.S. or or they'll go to like maybe Especially UK. You, there's, never been, there's never been a big fight stage in Honduras. This is just TFM, though. This is like. It's crazy to see like a fall from grace in terms of how fans perceive a fighter, you know, in the run up to Lomachenko knocking out uh, Comey and some of those big knockouts on the Heisman cards. And this guy was he was everything because I was I was at those fights at, at MSG and I was you know listening to the crowd and fans loved him because he was exciting and he was knocking people out. He knocks out Comey. He then he stops uh, the Lomachenko train. And from that point on, then things got crazy for him he totally changed his dad he got a, a false sense of what, what they're really worth and I've, i think we always forget about that thriller that thriller saga the thriller saga went on for fight. 18 20 months yeah. and, it ends, and it ends with him losing in spectacular fashion to cambosos mm-hmm. and then he's just crazy man loses the, the purse bid to match room they lose the purse to the match room he has to fight in a match room card not a top rank card right loses to cambosis i mean cambosis uh, I mean, great performance. Not knocking that performance at all, but he is he is uh, made a lot of money on that one win. Yeah, still still making money. He's gonna about to cash a huge check to fight Lomachenko. But it's crazy to see the fall from grace in terms of uh, fan approval. Like he's looked at like almost like he's just getting clowned every time I open up uh, X or Twitter and I see um, you know these guys the crazy delusional. I mean, it's it's post fight interview or was insane. Like he brought up pyramids. He brought up Rosa Parks. Like. 
it was nuts. Like, I don't know. I used to hang out with this guy. It's just very different from the two female I knew in like 2020, 2019. But I guess money will do that to you. Fame, uh, achievements and all that. So you say he has to only be motivated. So what's next? He still has a title at, at 140. Still two female. He can easily put out an unbelievable performance in June or July. Like, should he go for Matias? That's like, that's like a, a battle that I feel like coming off of this um, performance that fans will be like, nah. I don't think Tiofimo can beat Matias. It's he's going to come forward. Matias is going to play right into Tiofimo's hands. Um, could we see that? Like, is that a fight where where Tio can win? Is that a fight that he looks for next MSG June or July? Tiofimo versus Matias. That's the fight. That's the fight. He's going to feel the pressure. He's going to have a dangerous guy in front of him. And listen, technically, Matias is tailor made for Tio. He's a come forward destroyer. He's going to be there to get hit. He gets hit. He does get hit. Um, and, and Matias is as, as good as his last run has been. He's never fought a puncher like Tiafimo. He's never fought a real, real puncher, uh, especially a guy who's sharp mm-hmm. um, and consistent and has balls because the Ergoshev fight shows that guy had no balls. He was sharp. He was good. He had a good record in terms of power, but he had no balls. He, he He's like, quit. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, he quit after the first round. He had a great first round. And the second round, he was like, nah, it's too much pressure. I'm good. Um, but uh, Tio's not that guy. Tio's kind of guy you back into the corner. He fights harder. So uh, I really like that fight, and I think it's 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 a winnable fight for sure. It's not it's not an easy walk. I don't think anyone fighting Matias is going to be have an easy night. Um, but dude, he's 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 beatable. He's there to be beat, and I think for Tiafimo, I think for him to to clear his name and just based on his track record with dangerous opponents, that's the right opponent. Yeah, unification. Do that in June or July. MSG be place will be buzzing because you know Haney and and Ryan are going to fight in April, so. You know, a Haney fight is out there if Haney be- wins. The other is Roley, and Roley's fighting Pitbull, and we got to see how that plays out. You know, Roley versus Tio, I don't think that's going to motivate Tiafimo Lopez. I just hate that we have to, like, every – not hate. That's the, not the right word. But it's just crazy that for Tiafimo, like, we're only looking at opponents that are going to motivate him. Like, that's what I talked about last week. I think that's crazy. I think that's not a way to to, to have a career. Like, you can't just only be motivated. That's why I think it's more than that. I think it's that – and some of the skill stuff, like cutting off the ring and stuff, but it's an enigma question mark. I'm gonna be want to tune in no matter what. And that's it's also the entertainment business, something he has really, really tried well, to. He's, he, he is the showman, whether it's for good or for bad. That ring entrance. I, I, Ronnie texted me. He's like, bro. He's like, TFM just came into clown music. He's like, who 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 okayed that? <laughs> he had the Deadpool outfit when he stepped out of the. That limo. was kind of cool. That was kind of cool. I didn't get it, but it was cool. So I uh, I don't I never seen it, but everyone loved it. Yeah, I mean that's it was it was a cool outfit. It was actually it was pretty quality. Yeah, quality. But then it just went all downhill. I think Thursday nights are cursed. Uh, I think Sh- Shakur first, and then then Bob T- is you know? pissed. Bob is mad at Ortiz. <laughs> I saw those those tweets or whatever. He's like, this guy didn't even try to win. He was running the whole time. But it's tough, man. It's tough love, to get to I that. I love point. Bob, but I disagree. But <laughs> it's tough to get to that point. You you got to that. You know, tough. You know that tough fight with Ravonikov, where you had to dig dig deep, and we could be talking about Jermaine Ortiz as the new 140 pound champion. So that's the funny thing. It's like people are like, oh well, you know, he needs a new trainer. Or, you know, something wrong with him. He doesn't know how to cut up the ring. But if if Lopez had, you know, one like clean, nobody would say that it's just because of you know what happened. And then with Ortiz. People are saying, oh, he's running this, running that. I get so mad when I hear the running thing because I don't think he ran. But if he would have won the fight, if he would have got the decision, I don't think any, I mean, Boxed there would have been, 
there would have been the arguments on the other side being like, oh, Tia Phil won the fun. He ran the whole time and Tia would have said that. But like everyone else would have been like, oh, he boxed beautifully. What a great job. It's such a good game plan. Made it work. <laughs> Boxing's, boxing's tough. It's crazy, man. Bitch. I say it all the time. Well, now that you're on this side of things and you're, you know, constantly breaking down these fights and, and you're asked to give your opinions and stuff, you see how nuts it is. Like as a fighter, you're just trying to win a fight. You're training, you're, you're blocking out media and all these podcasters and YouTubers. But now like, it's just a, what have you done for me lately? It's, cutthroat sometimes I, I i find myself being to you know one side or the other after tfimo beat uh taylor i was like this guy's on top of the world he's best at 140 now i'm like all right i think andy's the best at 140 right now but it's fun it's part of being you know this media thing but it's crazy it must be nuts for you to be on this side now yeah i mean i i took a lot of flack during my career i was called a runner for a while which i thought was insane because i threw so many punches but like also and if you really look at the second half of my career i was a stalker and i was a, i was a pressure fighter which Paulie brought up recently. He's like, no, well, Chris, you know, became a, a, a pressure fighter. And in the second half of his career, I couldn't move the same way when, when I was in my mid thirties and all that time off. Um, I had some knee injuries, some injuries that forced me to be more in front. And I, and I was a, a Rose actually a really strong guy, just wasn't a big puncher. So a lot of my, my the second half of the fight, like Eric Bonet, like I'm coming forward to Amir Khan, uh, Tommy Coyle. Uh, you know, I, I was, I was throwing, I always threw a lot of punches, but I became much more of an aggressive guy and fighting mm. with my front foot rather than moving and, and firing. But even when I moved, I threw I threw a ton of jabs. I threw combinations, which is why I'm so partial to combination punchers. I love combination punchers because I know how hard it is to do and I know how rare it is because you get hit more. You get yeah. you, there, There's opportunities to get hit in between and good fighters punch in between. And if these guys are like, oh, why don't you throw the seven punch combination? It's like, because good fighters are going to counter you. Fuck out. You can't do that. That's what Tiafimo was hoping for. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and it just wasn't there because because Ortiz did not throw combinations in that in that in that in that manner that he has in the past. Because yeah, yeah, Ortiz is actually a really good combination puncher. I actually really like the way he fights. Normally, didn't really like this this game plan. I mean, I understood it, but I think if he would have sat down in the second yes. half, um, whether he won or lost, because he he might have got knocked out in the second half. Um, I think he would have got um more respect he'll definitely get more fights because this this style it's gonna be really tough for him to get fights because he's good he's really good but promoters are i don't see them taking a risk where he can go out there and just try and box and move and win yeah it's crazy he's got to rebuild that's the such a thin margin of error like wins the final two rounds world champ he's now welcoming some of the biggest names in the hottest division and the other side of it other side of the coin is now he is looked at as a quote-unquote runner uh, didn't commit. Some promoters might look the other way. Doesn't have a big promoter to begin with. Uh, he went from the fun, tough guy who'll get the big fights to a guy who's like, man, eh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna pass on him. That's Sucks. crazy, man. That's the business. Yeah. That's I was the... hoping that after this fight, I thought he was gonna. I, I, I had Tiafimo winning the fight going in, but I thought that he was gonna show his class. And I think a lot of, I thought the world was gonna be like, wow, this kid Ortiz is really good. He deserves the big fights, and maybe he can be a world champion one day. And that's boxing, man. It's very different. Very different thought process now. Very different perspective now on a Jermaine Ortiz, which I believe is really unfortunate because I do think he's very talented. We'll see. He's pretty young. We can keep fighting. We'll see what's, what Tiafimo is going to do. Uh, boxing world, I say this all the time, is going to start heating up. We were supposed to get Fury versus Usyk this weekend, but we're not. It's May 18th, but looks like from April to May, we're going to be very, very busy. So I don't know what's going on this weekend. On Friday night, Oshaki Foster in at MSG uh, versus Did Abraham Did you see the Nova. videos of this guy working out? Oshaki? Yeah. Doing backflips, jacked as hell. He he's looks like he's 180 pounds. He's he's a monster, dude. Yeah. I might actually go to that. It's right here in, in MSG, right, right here at uh, the theater. I might show up, say hello to Joe Tess. 
give him a nice yeah, hello. I was, I was actually asked to work that show, um, but we have Pro Box Wednesday night fights on a Friday because it's Whoa. Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's Valentine's Day, so the the commission did not want to work. Really? So, yeah, yeah. So we 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 you know, pushed... it's a fake holiday, right? Correct. But whatever. The commission day. said yeah. we don't want to do it. Nope. We want we need like this is like a tailor made way to get out of going out to dinner, or take your wife to or your lady to the fights. Take your beautiful, oh, your city. lady to Plant City, baby. Take her to, to scenic Plant City, as I always call it. Um, <laughs> That's but, crazy. Uh, yeah. So now we're doing a Wednesday night. Are we doing our Wednesday night fight series on a Friday? Wild. All we right. Said, everyone. We said uh, Wednesday is for Valentine's. Friday is for violence. Okay, I like that. Mm-hmm. Tune in. Always good fights over there on Pro Box. Yeah. Uh, all right, everyone. Have a great week. Uh, we'll try to get back into your lives at the end of the week or maybe next week. Uh, I don't know yet, but you will hear from us. Protect yourself at all times. Keep your hands up at all times and send Chris a Valentine's DM. Good night. And I hope your Super Bowl bets worked out.